with me, you never know what's going to come out of my mouth. Wait, what happened? Hey everybody! Hey there fellow space cadets! You're listening to Chris and Marco. And welcome to the Contrast Podcast, where we rehash some of our favorite destinations and spill the tea on some of our shenanigans. Join us as we attempt to pitch a tent on the moon. So buckle up bitches, it's gonna be one bumpy ride. Between the humidity and the fact that it's raining, it's like short little bursts of, of rainfall mm. numerous times throughout the day. And it's hot today. That doesn't really affect you too much, you know, because as a seafarer, you in particular, you're in the interior of your vessel. I try to stay inside as much as possible. Yeah. But when you're working on the exterior, especially in like the super yachting industry, and you're responsible for keeping the boats perfectly clean, no dust, no rain marks, nothing while guests are on. Man, oh man, oh man. The Caribbean season, oh, it's a pain in the ass. It will show you flames. It'll show you flames and some. <laughs> oh, so tell us about your time in St. Martin. The Dutch side or the French side? Where were you? I was based on the Dutch side. Ah. Yeah, but the main two ports are on the Dutch side. So if you are working on like a cruise liner, for example, you would be based in Philipsburg because that's where the commercial dock is. If you are working on smaller vessels like I was at the time, then you won't be in Philipsburg. You'll be a little bit further along the coast west in a bay called Cole Bay. Mm. And yeah, so I was, I was based there on the Dutch side, very close to the French side, but just like a stone's throw away. And I was there for three months, man, from, when was it, November 2019 to the end of, beginning of Feb 2020. And it was a crazy, crazy time. Such a, such a range of experiences and such a range of emotions as well. Because I don't know about you, but I found with the traveling lifestyle that you and I both have in our individual capacities, of course, but... Not everything is glitz and glamour and rainbows and butterflies. Yeah. You know, it's, it's easy down the line when you look back on your traveling years and experiences in those years that you can retrospectively make sense of them and interpret events so that it's mostly positive and that you, you like garner positive meaning from it. But sometimes, oh my, sometimes you just feel like you're caught in absolute hell. You know, and it's just part of the traveling lifestyle. And the way that we travel is most of the time we are alone. So whatever you're facing, you are alone. Yeah. And I always tell people, it's only the good that makes it to the gram. <laughs> you would think people wouldn't need a reminder of that, but amen. <laughs> no, but I, we need to vocalize this. A lot of people look at my life and... The people that I was in high school with, everybody's having kids, popping them out like it's Smarties at a, at a fair. <laughs> everybody's got kids. And then you, you look on Facebook, on Instagram, it's like a kid's birthday and all of these things. And then you got me chilling somewhere in Aruba with a cocktail the size of my head. And then just to balance the equation, there's a beer upside down in the cocktail. I like those ones. And living my best life and tanning and wearing shorts, little shorts. You know, I like my short shorts because I got legs for days. You mean dental floss. And my dental floss. Only the good makes it the gram. And they look at my life and they're like, oh my gosh, you live such a glamorous life. And, and I think to myself, I know it looks that way, but honey, my life will balance you quick, fast. Because <laughs> as much as there's good, there's a lot of things that's not good. Not everyone that you meet is a golden nugget. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to say that. I've met some foul people on the road. And I've also realized, you know, through my travels, that sometimes it's best not to test your boundaries. 
not everything needs to be tested. Sometimes you need to step back and be like, I'm not going to see how far I can push this because mm. I am not interested to see how far I can take these things. Mm. It's the experiences that flesh out the life on the road. So, yeah, you know, only the good makes it to the damn gram. <laughs> I feel like with you, only the great makes it to the gram. You know my feed. You know I'm all about like <laughs> the aesthetic, must be a certain shade. <laughs> And showing a certain amount of skin and the face has got attitude. Someone asked me the other day. The nose ring has is, is just been polished. It's always shiny. Nipple rings are on fleek. You know, it's, everything is just <laughs> shiny. Someone asked me the other day, do you not have a picture where you're smiling? And I tell the person, why must I smile? Ooh. Who must I smile? For who? I don't know. Maybe for, for the people that want to be left with a sense of happiness. Uh-uh. When they look at your phone. Find another feed, not mine. <laughs> On mine, we are serious. We didn't come to play. We came to slay. Oh, I like that. That needs to be a t-shirt, Marco. We need to make t-shirts. That's what we need to do. What little isms? Yes, I did yes. not come to play. I only came to slay. Oh, so tell me about your assortment of, let's say, emotions. What was the palette like your, your three months there? Mm. It, you know, sometimes we are in certain places and we just get tested. Yeah. And it's like it's coming from all sides. Oof. Oh, yeah. It never rains. It only ever storms. Yeah. But then also again, rough seas didn't make good sailors. That is true. And... Not every good story starts off with a glass of milk. How does the saying go? I'm still learning it. <laughs> <laughs> Not every good story starts out with a glass of milk. It really does. That one. That needs to go on a t-shirt. I like milk. But a good story has never started. Like, just imagine. Just imagine. Someone was like, oh my God, I had a glass of milk. And then eggs and eggs and eggs. The only time that a glass of milk... Is going to lead to an exciting story is if you're Friendship lactose intolerant. No, if you're lactose intolerant, then you then you're, then it gets bad shit crazy. I have a friend that is so lactose intolerant, she just sees milk, but do you think she oh, can stay away? Man. Never. It's like me, I'm gluten intolerant, and I sometimes just look at these chocolate <laughs> treats and I can't help myself. But what does gluten and chocolate have to do with each other? It depends what's in the chocolate. But I don't understand what in the chocolate would be make you allergic. What? You'd be surprised, man. Like As far as I know, you only find gluten in like bready products. What is it doing in chocolate? Oh, man, you'd be surprised. Gluten is in a lot of like sauces and sweets and it's everywhere. It's like a cancer. I make all sauces from scratch. Everything that comes out of my hand is mm. made from scratch and with love. All right. Well, put that on your bio. That does not affect me. <laughs> As if you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my Tinder is a mess, by the way. It is a mess. I need to fix my Tinder bio. You know bio. that you're not even supposed to write anything in your bio. But somebody didn't give you the memo. You wrote a story. No, I don't have a story. I have like a one stupid liner and uh, it's boring. <laughs> Mine at the moment is, let's grab a gelato and banter until it melts. <laughs> Wow. How lame is that? Wow. It's so corny. We can make popcorn with that. <laughs> I had another one that was a bit more risque, but I'm not going to quote that. Are you getting laid? By that, by that quote, I don't think you are getting any. I don't think so. You don't have to answer. We don't need to know. We don't need to traumatize the listeners like that today. <laughs> Cats out the bag. <laughs> Cats out the bag. Anyways, moving along. So, St. Martin for me was a very interesting experience because... There were some high moments where it was a lot of fun and I was in fits of laughter. And then there were some very low moments when I was just super frustrated with the living, working environments that I had and some of the people that I was living and working with. And then there was also some moments of inner confusion about why I was there. And then I think for the most part, I was kind of just going through the motions, just trying to earn the money and then 
hopefully get home sometime in the first half of, of 2020. But I must say that getting to St. Martin was quite an interesting experience because I got there from Europe on a boat. Ooh, you did Most that. people don't do that. Most people fly. I would postulate, as you should. As you should. But I actually did an Atlantic crossing to get there, which is pretty amazing <clears throat> if, you, if you are fortunate enough. Amazing? Yeah. You don't think so? <laughs> no. I have done an Atlantic crossing, and it's anything but amazing. You don't like it? Well, how long was your crossing? Let's first establish that. How many days? I think it was between... 12 and 14 days. Oh, no, 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 no. My crossing went from Miami to... There's a group of islands somewhere in the north mid-Atlantic. Not, not extreme north. Um, but it's close to... It's like Madeira, Ponta Delgada. So we went all the way from Miami to Portugal... They say that home is where the heart lies. Maybe that's true, but it certainly isn't specific. When I meet fellow South Africans on the road and I ask them what they miss about home, they always give interesting, but usually vague answers. For me, having traveled so extensively, what makes home feel like home has become very specific. Friends and family, Buckoven Beach, amazing gelato, a tasty butter chicken curry, and the best haircut in the world from Bloke's Hair. Seriously, I've had my hair cut in many countries, at the hands of very talented barbers, yet the fresh cut from Bloke's still tops my list, which is why I always make it my first mission after touchdown to visit Brian, the Queen of Cuts, and his dynamic team at Bloke's Hair to give me a style check. Otherwise, I just feel naked in the city. Why do I love blokes so much? Well, apart from the obvious, an exceptional cut. The music will get your foot tapping, the included espresso is on point, and the banter is always strong. If you're not a coffee lover, then you can even sip on a tasty bourbon or an ice-cold beer if you want to feel sophisticated. Choice is yours. So, if you find yourself in Cape Town and you're looking for a world-class trim, head on over to Blokes here at 57 on Main in Greenpoint. Give them a follow on Instagram, at Blokes Hair, or drop them a WhatsApp on plus two seven seven one four zero two four six six four. That's plus two seven seven one four zero two four six six four to book an appointment. Otherwise, hop onto their website, www.blokeshair.com. That's www.blokeshair.com to make your appointment. That took six days, and that was six days. But I think the difference for me and you is you had 12 days, mm -hmm. basically, going east to west. Yes. I was going west to east. Okay, which is worse. It's five time zone changes. And we sailed at such a speed that mm -hmm. basically almost every single night, it was an hour forward. Whoa. <laughs> So you had an hour for it tonight, boom, you lose an hour of sleep. Then tomorrow it's work as if normal. Then boom, it's another hour forward and you start catching up from the night before. And we said in Miami, we are not going to be partying for that six days that we were going to be doing the crossing because if we party, we party late and it's hour forward. And what did I do for those six days in that crossing? Partied. Of course I partied. Every of course I single did. Night. If I didn't give my lover a run for its money in that six days, I don't know what I did. So, I think my crossing was a little different. Oh, yes, because by the time I got to Portugal, I could have, I was so desperate, I could eat the land. I could put my face flat on the ground and I could eat it. I was so desperate to see earth. <laughs> and it's not something I would want to do again. No. Cancer. How many days were you were you at sea without seeing any land? Basically six five days. Okay, okay. That I don't think not seeing land doesn't bother me. It's that I can't go outside that bothers me and walk on the grass and that bothers me. Yeah, 
But don't they have like fake grass on the boat, the boats that you work on or anything like that? I don't care about the fake grass. <laughs> I want the real thing. I want the real thing. So I think my experience was way different to yours. Yeah, quite possibly. I mean, I left from one of the Balearic Islands off the coast of Spain and okay. stopped off in Gibraltar to, to refuel, went down to one of the Canary Islands, Tenerife, and was ah. there for, I think, three, like, three hours, just briefly refueling. It's a very, very short period of time. And we went ashore, but I spent like two hours running around trying to find a hairdresser and only to realize after those two hours that it was a public holiday and... Well, the shops were closed, so that was a fail. I hate when that happens. It happens too often. But then we shot through from Tenerife straight to St. Martin, and we were at sea for nine days without any land. I'd vomit. That was cool. It's quite special, actually, to do an Atlantic crossing. Big to differ. Especially because, I mean, there's something, I don't know, I find there's something quite magical about when you are at, at sea with no land in sight, going from point A to B, and you just have a sense of tranquility, especially when, you, when you're awake for sunrise or when you get to experience sunset with no land. It's not something that, many, that most people in their lifetime get to experience, if you think about it. So that was pretty awesome. I do remember, though, that I had this one particular profound moment in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. So the boat that I was working on, was a privately owned motor yacht. It was, I won't give the exact size because for privacy's sake, but I'll just say that it was bigger than 60 meters in length uh, as a privately owned motor yacht. And like mid-Atlantic, I think it was the 5th of November, we had a little crew party on the bow, you know, full up the jacuzzi and just had some, some drinks just to celebrate the fact that we were doing an Atlantic crossing. Where did you get the water from to fill out the jacuzzi? You know, these vessels, that through reverse osmosis, they create their own pure water. I didn't know the yachts could do that. Because yeah. we do the reverse osmosis thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all, um, most yachts can. I don't know about the very small ones, but I know, I know that... Mm, that's cool. Yeah, a lot of yachts can do that. So we, um, you know, th this boat made its own water and, full, and we filled up the jacuzzi and just had a cool crew afternoon. And it was a fun little moment, but then... I was going through a particular personal experience at the time. I had broken up with, well, I had a relationship that came to an end about a couple of months before, and I was just trying to process all of that because it meant quite a lot to me at the time. And I remember that my ex, who was a bit of a, <laughs> yeah, an aspiring hippie, I suppose you can call it that because my, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but my opinion is that hippies, hippies existed in the 60s and 70s and um, nowadays you're not, you know, you can try to emulate that. I am going to not say anything because I am not going to be shady. I am not going to be that because you know, friend, the devil is busy. The devil is busy. <laughs> Anyways. Mm-mm. Mm -mm. I'm not going to get involved with it. <laughs> Anyways, she, she liked to make, you know, wristbands and bangles and these sorts of things. And she made one for me. It was quite cute. She had like a, a little band for her wrist. And I had one that I put on my ankle, like matching colors. It was quite sweet. If it wasn't made from hemp, I'm sorry. I don't want to speak about it. It wasn't made from hemp. I did not quiz her on it. <laughs> <laughs> You see what I'm saying? The devil is busy. <laughs> I think I'm. I think I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> no, no. I just don't want to be shady. Yeah, that's okay. all. I just don't want to be shady. Okay, you can you can continue in your obscurity. That's fine. I'll speak plainly. So, anyways, this I still had, even though I, you know, broken up with my ex, and it was a couple of months later. I still had this. Um, ankle bracelet that she'd made for me and I wasn't sure what to do about it because you know it served as like a souvenir you know a memory of something that was, that was significant to me but at the same time I felt like it was a, a, a symbol that I was holding on to and it was time to let go of. You needed to sunder it from your body. <laughs> sunder it. You see how I weave that in? <laughs> <laughs> you sneaky mofo. <laughs> it would be dofo not mofo. Please. 
Get it correct. Go for it. Wat is de tiste? Oh. Kip je wel moment. You dirty dog. Uh, and um, so we were having this really fun crew party on the on the foredeck to celebrate an Atlantic crossing, which is quite a special thing to do in one's lifetime. And if you think about the proportion of the human population that would actually do something like that, mm, right? Very small. So. Very, very small. So it was a lot of fun. And I just realized that, you know, it had been like two months since things had like officially ended. And I was holding on to this particular symbol, you know, manifested in that bracelet. And it was time to let it go. It was time to sunder it off my flesh. Yes. You know, so I attached a, a weight to it and just stepped away from the, you know, the festivities of this, of this party and this happy, jovial, light atmosphere, stepped off to the starboard side of the vessel, just have a moment alone, just so I could process what I had, you know, kind of like lost and, and, and moved away from. And I decided that in order to let go, I needed to drop this thing over the side of the boat. Hey, you let that. And I did. <laughs> no, no, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> um... So anyway, so I did that, and that was quite an empowering moment. And mm. what was really cool, and it's funny how life or whatever or whoever orchestrates these moments for us, but as I was about to drop that thing overboard, one of the songs that was really meaningful in my you know, failed relationship was a song called All Is Well That Ends Well by a band called Rainbow Kitten Surprise. Mm. Very, very strange name for a band, but they're really cool. They like a playful Kings they're of They really Leon. are cool. Yeah. And um, that song has a really cool vibe to it. And, you know, the title, All Is Well That Ends Well, is quite... Fitting. Fitting, precisely. So as I was about to drop this thing over, one of the guys that was like on shuffle duty for that party, you know, this, this song came up on that playlist. And I was like, oh, wow, this is quite awesome. You know, that this meaningful song has come up as I'm about to end something that was quite meaningful for me. And so I had that moment, and that was really cool. And I even took down the coordinates <laughs> of where I was at the time. It was quite funny. I dropped it over, and then I went up, I went up to the bridge, looked at the, the coordinates, wrote them down. <laughs> I don't know if it's good that you kept the coordinates or not, but I think you can look back at those coordinates. Please don't get it tattooed on you. It's so corny. No, that's, that's pathetic. Don't, I've let it go. Don't, 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 do, don't, don't do that. Though. But it's funny that you had like a, a bracelet moment. I also had a bracelet moment with a... Oh, did you? How can I put this with also a life experience as you put it? Because let's be honest, <laughs> it's a life experience. No more, no less. And... I, I was in a relationship, but I think now, looking back at it, you know, there's this new word floating around the world that I am going to snatch from, you know, the throngs of the universe and apply it to my situation. Because I thought it was relationship. But then I was like, maybe it is a situationship. But at closer inspection, it turned out to be an entanglement. Ooh. Because... I was tangled up with the wrong type. You know, I told you earlier on, the devil is busy. And there, it was, whew, I'm telling you, <laughs> very, very busy. Oh, dear. And we were sailing in the cyclades, and he went out and got us matching bracelets and blah, blah, blah. Whatever. It was quite expensive. Mm. And when things came to answer, because you know, every question in this life, it will have an answer, whether you like it or not. Answers will be had, whether you want it or not, it's going to come for you. Mm. And that judgment day rolled in, just like Jesus promised. It came in on a cloud. And, oh dear. but the first thing, oh dear, poor horseman, I failed you, because I should have told you, you need to sunder everything from that person from your life immediately. Immediately. <laughs> you should have done it immediately. You shouldn't have waited. The minute 
the minute you know I know but you know me I'm a hopeful person I'm I'm an optimist but I I had to rationalize to myself that there was no point trying to make it work ever again no point trying to contact the person just let it go that is why this word is an operating word sundering it is literally severing that person from your life <laughs> that moment everything <laughs> you don't exist i block you into high god first of all i block you on every platform <laughs> the only place where you will see me is whatsapp and i will update all the cute pictures that i can't put on on instagram because they're going to shadow ban me there because nobody's policing whatsapp <laughs> so i can just let it rip on whatsapp display dental floss you know whatever that person has given to me doesn't matter the value i let it go mm. i immediately that energy must be removed because holding on to that energy it affects your vibrations and honey you got to protect your light yeah and i'm sure after that moment you felt that was you actively putting your feet in the sand and walking on Yeah, precisely. That was you choosing to walk on. Me, if it is today, the sundering happens. You're dead to me. <laughs> well, look, arguably in the name of self-preservation, that's a better way to go by. But also, it depends what happens. It depends, you know, how the relationship. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Good, bad, doesn't matter. You're dead. <laughs> we'll sing funeral songs and everything. I'll even make funeral food for the occasion. <laughs> It's game over. I was about to say you could wear black, but you wear black anyways. I do wear black. Now you know why I wear black. It's all the sundrings I've gone through. It's just a perpetual <laughs> state. It's funeral. just a perpetual state of mourning. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even be bothered anymore. See, I thought that you had a resting bitch face, but it's actually just that you're in a perpetual state of mourning. It's grief. It's grief. <laughs> Uh, if you can't laugh at yourself, uh, what's the point? No. At least I can laugh at my my stupid stuff oh, that happens man. to me. I've got a philosophy in life, Marco, that I've learned the last few years that you only know that you're over something when you can laugh about it. Yes, very true. Like the day I nearly missed a flight in Barcelona, I was not laughing about it, <laughs> but now I can laugh about it. I'm in a better place. <laughs> Look, being grounded in Barcelona is not exactly the worst thing in the world either. It's bad for your wallet no. because we get distracted yeah. in Barcelona. But Very there's easy. a lot it's a fun place the shiny to be. things. The shiny things. They make nice cocktails in Barcelona. They do have nice cocktails in Barcelona. Yes. I didn't say cocktail, I said cocktails. I said cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I don't know if that word means in your community, but it sounds suspect. <laughs> you know what? Just tell us about Saint Martin, please, because the devil is busy today. <laughs> so, anyways, after being at sea, you know, after this Atlantic crossing, which took I think a total of fourteen days, ah, ah, maybe vomit, nine days, you know. uninterrupted crossing from Tenerife to St Martin we eventually get there only to pick up the guests straight away oh my <laughs> gosh arrive we arrive there at like five in the evening or something pick up the guests at seven and obviously it's dark and raining because it's the Caribbean but then we proceeded to have guests on for like I think 10 days to two weeks and that was that was pretty deep after a crossing you know normally people have at least a day mm. or a night to catch up on sleep not in my line of work it's immediate <laughs> no. is immediate they came with yeah. us on the crossing and they stayed oh, yeah, that's true it's <laughs> like just go <laughs> but anyway so we got through that and the trip was fine the guest trip and then when we dropped them off we got into colbay and we berthed there and that first weekend because i was working on a boat and our crew was 17 we had a crew of 17 oh that's nice that's a nice number half of us i think yeah i think 10 of us pulled our money together and booked a three night long weekend at a villa overlooking cold bay oh this yes. place i need to show you photos marco this place was absolutely epic like an infinity pool everything like terraces it was so spectacular why was this on instagram what is wrong with you i don't know i, I only the good makes it to the gram 
Yeah, I know. This sounds good. It was. I, I need to get better at taking photos. Um, I just get caught up in the moment, I suppose. But we proceeded to have a pretty epic villa party that went from, <laughs> from the Friday all the way until the Monday. It just didn't really stop the party. And that was good fun. And the people that I had, they had been to the Caribbean, I think, for like seven or eight years in a row. And they knew the locals. They knew the local DJs, who really good DJs, actually, especially in the electronic music scene. So we had like the local DJs that were playing on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. And we had people that were on working on other boats, you know, crew that would come around and share in the fun and, you know, had a cool sound system. And that was just awesome. It was a really cool introduction to St. Martin. Um, but then, you know, I thought that perhaps that would be kind of like one of the high points, you know. But the thing about seafarers and the thing about the maritime industry is that there's basically, there's two settings. There's work setting and there's party setting. There's nothing in between for most people that work in this industry. I don't know if you find it to be the same. Well, for me personally, I try to, I try to carve my own path. I agree with you. It's either party and work hard. But I have perfected the art of fusing the two together. <laughs> Do tell. I fuse the two together. Do tell. I'm still working in the cruise industry, so I can't tell much. Okay. But let's just say that there's been some very very interesting shifts mm. and I can say this that I enjoy my job I don't mind putting in the hours mm. I really don't mind putting in the hours when I work I work hard but when I party I party just hard. but I'm someone I don't mind I don't mind if work seeps into my life I'm okay with that because mm. I know why I'm doing it if you don't know why you're doing it it's bad for your order if you don't know why you're doing what you're doing. Mm. And there's many times that I'll be at a crew party or something in that vein mm. or a night at the bar and I will still be accepting calls on my phone. I think one night actually me and you, I remember this was a few years ago, me and you went out for drinks and at 8.30 in the evening a client called me and I was very happy to take the call and chat to her and whatever. Mm. I don't mind. So work must not mind if I bring that in as well because <laughs> I take my work to the party. So why can't I bring the party to my work? I like that philosophy. I'm always here for a good time. We are not guaranteed a long time, but we can ensure a good time. Didn't you say you want your candle to blow out by 35? No, 50. You guys must switch the machines off. I'm not going to be a good old person. I'm not going to be such a horrible old person. <laughs> oh, man, you're moaning already. Imagine how much you'll be complaining at age 50. I'm telling you. I can just see. I'll just be like a, I'll just be like a string of moans. Although that's not bad either. As long as it's strung together by hemp. <laughs> yes. We love that, yes. As long as hemp is involved. So, <laughs> but... I mean, the lifestyle in St. Martin, being a Caribbean island, is, it's very laid back. It's very chilled, especially from the locals' perspective. Yeah, locals are lovely people. Yeah, very, very lovely, very open and, and just chilled, which is cool. And it's quite refreshing from the Western culture, you know. But what's brought into that environment is all of the craziness and the excessiveness of the seafaring industry. And mm. I've just found that being there and, and seeing it was quite intriguing to me. I mean, basically, people who work as seafarers love to go and do these Caribbean seasons because it's all about charters and parties. Charters being when you are working on a boat and you have paying yeah. guests on and they give you tips, you know, and then you normally use most of that tips money for your parties and you just try and save your salary, you know. And so that's basically what it is. It's charters, parties, charters, parties, charters, parties for three months, you know, which is fun, which is fun. Don't get me wrong. And the lover looks like a knickknack <laughs> after a knick the second month. <laughs> 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 and I mean, because St. Martin is a super chilled place and it's like really nice sandy beaches and rum is very, very cheap 
in the Caribbean. Yes, I feel like Jack Sparrow. <laughs> Just call me Jackie Sparrow when I'm in the Caribbean. A pirate's life for me. Drink up, my heart Walking is Walking around and both sets of hands have their own personalities. Doing I'm own telling thing, you, right? it just wonders. <laughs> it just wonders. It does its own thing. <laughs> the devil finds work for idle hands. <laughs> this is the truth. But, I mean, St. Martin is just one of those places where these sorts of idiosyncrasies of, you know, the maritime industry just get, like, exacerbated because the rum is cheap. And they pour, instead mm. of like two fingers of alcohol in a glass, they'll pour four, five, six. Oh, they, yeah. they pour where they are. Yeah, they reverse it. You know, and if it's like two fingers of spirits and then, you know, the rest is yeah. some kind of soft drink, it's the opposite in the Caribbean. <laughs> and it's like half the price. The States as well. Oh, really? Yes. Yes, very much. They pour where they are. They oh, measure wow. cocktails the way I measure garlic in my food. It's exactly the same. The art will tell you when to stop. <laughs> it was quite interesting, though, being in that environment and seeing, you know, the, the outlets for that festive determination. I mean, a typical week for somebody working in this industry in St. Martin, it starts on a Sunday. A Sunday is yeah. massive. It's like Cafe Caprice in, in Cape Town, which is like the biggest night every, every weekend. Mm. on a Sunday night you know it's it's massive and the same thing for this particular place on the beach just next to the airport called characters spot with a k it is so so festive and it's actually pretty cool like you have really cool electronic music that's being played by some of the local DJs and all the crews and you know a bunch of tourists as well go there to this little beach restaurant and they kind of you know move some tables apart to create a mini dance floor and it's just super super festive and people get absolutely lit and from like four or five in the arbo until about goodness i think love a good day drinking session nine or ten at night and then people move on to other places yeah so i mean that's your that's like the beginning of the week your sunday then monday you go to another place called red piano which is really really cool and there's normally like live music and they make some pretty damn good espresso yes. martinis which is a, actually a choice drink of mine. I think that's a pretty awesome oh, drink. Oh, yes, I love it. I love it so much. I love the drinks. It's so classy, yeah. but tasty at the same time. Because I don't like normal martinis. I hate normal martinis. I hate them with a passion. I haven't had enough of them. It's alcohol mixed with more alcohol. How is that a drink? Mm. <laughs> Just send me to the AA, why don't you? Just march me off. <laughs> Touche. I may have said this to you before. I think that the best, probably for sentimental reasons, the best espresso martini I've ever had is an Antibes in the French Riviera. Whew. Mm. They make an exceptional one, especially at this bar called Drinker's Club. Man Alive. I like the name. Man Alive. It's very AA undercover, by the way. <laughs> Drinker's Club. That is an exceptional espresso <laughs> martini. Man, you got to love it. Anyways, so, yeah, that's like your Sunday, Monday, Red Piano. Thursday, Friday, you go to this place called Soggy Dollar, which is like on the water's edge, and it's also just, it's massive and just pumps. And then Saturdays, you go to like Roxy's, which is a fancy high-end beach club. And then there's nightclubs, and then there's house parties. And then, Ooh. you know, it's just the party doesn't stop for months. Literally, if you want to go out and be absolutely crazy every single night, there is something for you. The Caribbean. It's not only is there something for you, but there's a whole crowd of people wanting to do it as well, which is great if you're young yeah. and you don't care about your vital organs, you know, but as you get older, it's probably mm. a little bit concerning, as I found it. So another thing that's really awesome, though, is if you go, I don't know if you've heard of this place called Lottery Farm in St. Martin. I've been to St. Martin, but it was literally in, out, I went to the beach because it's the damn Caribbean. And that was literally it. I like the fact that they could understand my language. That was fun. Yeah, that's always handy. Because in most other Caribbean islands, they're either speaking like a mode of Patwa, which is like a, well, Patwa is Jamaican, but all the other islands have like something similar to Patwa where they speak like a version, not a version, but like it's a, like a sub-level of English. It's either that or 
they are speaking yeah. Spanish and all of my other friends. And then I come along, I'm the only one that can speak Dutch. And I'm just like, how gaat it met jou? It's so good mm. to be here too. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really curious to know if you used the little bit of Afrikaans that you have in your arson to get by no. in St. Martin. No, I, I didn't. I, I very seldom pull out the very, very little Afrikaans that I know. I did use it when I was at Tomorrowland in um, this one Belgian bar because, you know, Flemish is the most similar to Afrikaans. Well, Afrikaans is the most similar to Flemish, depending how you look at it. So yes. you kind of just have to say, ik kan jelle verstaan, and then people go, ah, they go absolutely crazy, and they, you know, give you a hug, yeah. and, then you, and then you're one of them. <laughs> oh, my God. Die hondte blaf. But um, on something that is a really cool thing to do in St. Martin, and... You, I don't think you did it because you were only there for a day, I think. But if you go on the last Saturday of every month yeah. during the season. Hello, everybody. This is Chris, your esteemed co-host and proud member of Team Contrast. Welcome to the Contrast podcast where we chat shit about life and travel and everything in between. We are two friends who prefer to live life on the road and no, we're not homeless. We just love the nomadic lifestyle. And over the past few years, we have journeyed to about 100 countries collectively. Marco and I both got grounded in Cape Town, South Africa this year and figured it was the best time to kickstart something bold. An opportunity for you to live vicariously through us as we dive deep into the archives of our travel history. And man, do we have some entertaining travel tales and outrageous banter stored up for you. Disclaimer. This is not the Discovery Channel or National Geographic or even the Travel Channel. If you're wanting a travel guide, then you've come to the wrong place, my friend, even though we do throw out great insights along the way. Finally, do you like what we're doing and want to see us continue? Check us out on Patreon for exclusive content. We have different tiering options ranging from ad-free episodes, bonus episodes, and saucy Patreon-only shit talk from as little as $3 a month. But... It's not for the faint-hearted, all those with sensitive ears. Back us on Patreon so we can continue creating just for you. Find our web link in the episode description. And while you're on your phone, you may as well follow us on social media. Check us on Insta at The Contrast Podcast and Twitter at The Contrast Pod 2. That's at The Contrast Pod 2 for great visual content. Also, browse our website at www.contrast.net.za to stay inspired, and to sign up to our newsletter to keep your finger on the pulse. You go to this place called Lottery Farm, Hmm. which is, from what I understand, it used to be a rum plantation. Sorry, a sugarcane plantation, excuse me. Now a rum plantation. Well, it used to be a sugarcane plantation. It's not anymore, and they have turned it into basically a venue for absolutely gigantic frenzied pool parties oh nice it's really really nice there's like a set there's like a pool in the middle of this a nice like pool that they've designed in the middle of the lottery farm complex and they just got cabanas all the way like around it you know varying in size and sort of prestige i mean the vip cabana which myself and my crew rented um, for one of these final saturday parties it's like a double-story cabana. I think you pay quite a mint for it, and you can you can have like 25 people there or something, and it's absolutely crazy. Uh, and you got your own private little pool as well. So that and there's like and I mean the music isn't necessarily my favorite. It's more like local kind of music, um, but it's it's a really cool thing to do, and that's that's a lot of fun, um, and it's a great opportunity to sport some of your edgy shirts if you have any so i was definitely flaring some of my victor shirts mm. when i was there yes <laughs> yes <laughs> i need to wear that more often actually um but i mean suffice to say that the, the, the st martin is a very interesting place it's really cool you know beach destination but man oh man if you want to party that's definitely the place to be i can't speak for other caribbean islands because i've only really been to that one no it's it's all of them all of them are like that i have Beautiful memories at so many of those islands. It's just basically hardlining rum. That's basically it. Yeah. Like, 
the stories I can tell you about Totola, my God, I thought that was in Totola. Well, Totola actually exists, but Totola is like a lot of pirate history, and you know I like the whole Jack Sparrow thing and all of that. Ooh, it was going off. Mm. I got mm. myself in a You know that not every pirate looked like Johnny Depp though, Mark. I don't care. Don't mess with my fantasy. <laughs> don't mess with my fantasy. No one gave you that right. Get myself a little eye patch <laughs> and like cute little hats and some any excuse to wear eyeliner outside, hey, I take it both ends. <laughs> and if people want to ask me what this is about, I'm like I'm a gentleman of fortune. That's a nice way of saying I'm a pirate. Ooh, I like that euphemism. Yes, it's an actual thing. Pirates just introduce himself like that. There would be, I am a gentleman of fortune in like nice company. So, who's your most favorite pirate? Thomas Stew. Hands down, Thomas Stew is my favorite pirate. Oh, uh, yeah? Either Thomas Stew or Henry Avery. One of the two of them. I don't know much about any of those two. They. Careers was not like long, but they, um, especially Henry Avery, they did the biggest heist, pirate heist. Um, it was the Gunsway heist, and it was a ship coming from um, India going to Mecca on pilgrimage, and there was jewels and and they robbed those people blind. Oh wow. Nobody knows what happened to the Gunsway Heist salute. It's still gone. It is estimated that 6.8 billion US dollars of unclaimed treasure is still around. And whenever I'm in the Caribbean, you bet your ass I'm looking out. You bet your ass I'm mm. looking out. Estimated that 6.8 billion of unclaimed treasure is yeah. around. Around the Caribbean waters? Well, around the world at large. People think piracy was just centered around the Caribbean. But around the coast of South Africa as well, a lot of piracy as well. Really? And they, yes. There was a, like a pirate outpost in Madagascar. Madahuha? <laughs> Madagascar. <laughs> I had to say it, sorry. And there was once a legend that pirates kind of had like a city. The legend goes that it was built in Madagascar. So there's quite a lot of piracy off the coast of South Africa. Hmm. I was not aware of that. But then again, it's not something that I have researched or spent much time looking into. Ram is the key, my darling. Ram is the key. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. Well, anyways, I, I must say, St. Martin, for me, was a very interesting experience. And if by all, you know, it seems like a lot of the Caribbean islands are similar in that it's just radically festive and mm. it's pretty cheap and copious amounts of rum and you also get some really interesting characters that are drawn to the maritime industry i don't know if you found it to be the same it's people that don't know when to leave people that don't know when to leave i mean you get these yeah these salty sea dogs for lack of a better description you know well that's what they call themselves yeah but i mean it's it's quite there's like some some markers right you can tell a salty sea dog from apart from your average middle-aged man you know as an example i mean and you can smell them too. They smell like sea. They smell like urine, alcohol, and a party that never stopped. Then you can tell by their feet, you know, that they've just got absolutely wrecked souls <laughs> from spending so much time around salt water and, and tea. They're just you wrong know? on the feet. Yeah. Just wrong. This is wrong. This is rotting. I mean, you've seen that video online of someone who take, takes a knife and they're cutting away soul you know, parts of the, their soul, of their feet. Have you seen that before? <laughs> Can I send it to you? Sometimes I don't fall that deep in the internet. And I think I might have blocked it off. <laughs> but send it along. I'm interested to be re-educated. It's quite revolting, but I can totally understand how it happens. Ugh. But I mean, you get these salty sea dogs who probably were teenagers or young adults when they joined the industry and just got wrapped up in the the money, the good earnings, and the party lifestyle, and have continued well into the second half of their life, and they still party hard. Yeah. And they hardly have any family, and they've taken on, they're not like sailing anymore, but they've taken on these contract jobs, or they're doing rigging, or things like this, and it's quite bizarre to see. No judgment, I mean, if that's what you want to do, if that makes you happy, great, but it's just, it's just quite sad when you see people that don't know how to let go. 
It's a tiring lifestyle, though. It's a tiring lifestyle. It really is, yeah. And then also, it's just, you know, your typical person, like seafarer, is just absolutely bent. And they've got one setting, and that setting is party. It's just nonstop party, you know, which gets a bit exhausting after a time. Mm. Another thing that I found quite interesting about that industry is that the kinds of people that, you know, stick around and start to progress through the ranks are those that are typically, you know, they typically have like the emotional intelligence of a teenager, <laughs> I found. They just don't understand power dynamics and how to create like a positive working environment. Ship it's life. It's ship life. It is ship life. It's so strange. Ship life is shit life. Yeah. It's weird, eh? I felt like I was back in boarding school. I'm glad I never went to boarding school because it would have been <laughs> one long party for me. <laughs> window shopping for you. Uh -uh, no, 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 no. No window shopping. None of that stuff. <laughs> I'll be making purchases. Trust. <laughs> Trust. <laughs> well, you know, within uh, reason, of course. Yeah, within reason. So needless to say that I, after that first weekend, you know, the house party, I had a great time. I felt like I saw the social dynamics and opportunities for what they were and just realized that, you know what, actually, I don't want to get wrapped up in that party lifestyle. You're just going to bleed all your money, you know. And so easily. So, I've so gotten easily. in that party lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. The body don't buy itself. No. And it's so easy to do it, you know, it's exciting. But then you just, you look at your bank balance and it just keeps dwindling and... I didn't want that. And also I wanted to start focusing on my health and my well-being, you know, my mental state and exercise and, and eating healthily. And You wanted to exercise even more, but you exercise already so much. Why more? No, but I do now. I do, but I've only started since the beginning of the year. I took, a, I took I a hiatus after school for like nine years. I could not tell. Like I took a break after high school. I hooked up with it after high school and I just <laughs> ended up going very wrong with it though. I was just wrong. There was a moment where I was very wrong. <laughs> I ate me basically. What happened to Marco? Oh no, he ate him. I don't know how that happened and you took a moment. <laughs> I can stand on my head. That's how correct I am right now. So I've come a long way. I put the work in. I did. I'm very proud of myself. For whatever it's worth, you are looking very, very good, my friend. So we can laugh about how you looked in the past. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why you're laughing. I don't know why you're laughing. <laughs> You've done really well. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> hey, why is the good. devil so busy tonight? <laughs> Well, it was quite cool, though, the particular vessel that I had on, that I worked on, and where we were berthed, we were in a part of Cold Bay, in a port that, if you berth there as a crew member, you have free access to a gym and the Lifestyle Center, which was really, really cool, because the Lifestyle Center had, like, a nice gym, and there was, <laughs> there was a pool, and there was, like a, like, a cafe that you could go sit and work at. There was tennis courts. It was pretty awesome, so... I just use that. I have access to two gyms at work. I don't go to either of them. <laughs> but I mean, it was quite ironic because when you go to St. Martin, you go to their part, you go there to party. But I just used it as an opportunity to rather actually, you know what, just use it as an opportunity to exercise and focus on me and try focus on my well-being. So I was glad I did that. Um, I became such a grandpa, Marco. <laughs> Man, I can alive. see. So you go to bed at nine p.m. I used to go to bed at seven. When I was in St. Martin. Wow. I'd have my sleepy tea at like 5.30. Have That's an old man thing to say. <laughs> sleepy tea. <laughs> have my sleepy tea. Have my dinner. Then be in bed. And then wake up at like 5. And go to go exercise. You know before work. It was pretty great actually. Nothing about, about that, that sounds fun. I'm just going <laughs> to say it. Nothing about that sounds fun. Up at 5. I like being up early. I need to start doing it again actually. You know, no. one thing, one of the last things I want to say about St. Martin, which really has actually been quite instrumental in my life, was from January this year, when, you know, just in the throes of the mundanity of normal work life, you know, working on a boat, you have a lot of time 
to just think because you're mm. completing menial tasks, especially when you're on deck. It's menial tasks. You're out in the hot sun. You're cleaning the same surfaces at least once a week, um, if not more. And I use it as an opportunity to get into the whole podcast scene. And there was a particular podcaster whose channel I subscribed to and I found to be really, really interesting and, stim and intellectually stimulating because he has on an eclectic of guests, you know, yeah, astrophysicists and you know who he is. Comedians. And Comedians, you know, and like all sorts of specialists and very, very interesting. That's been a game changer for me. In fact, I would even say that since getting into podcasts in the beginning of the year and how that shaped my life, it's actually, it kind of organically turned into what you and I are doing now and that you know, we both feel like we benefit so much from listening yeah. to other people. It doesn't even have to be that factual or informative. You know, it can just be a couple, a panel of people talking absolute shit and you can leave feeling so wonderful. Yeah. So... So that's definitely something that I feel like I gained immense benefit from. But suffice to say, my last week in St. Martin was probably my best week of the three months because I made friends with a bunch of Dutch people. And I don't know about you, I find the that Dutch people the are so cool. I think there's probably only been... Particularly yeah. Dutch men. Okay, I mean... <laughs> I don't know how to comment on that. <laughs> Any particular criteria you want to discuss, Marco? <laughs> Tall, thick lips, done. Were you making purchases when you were in Amsterdam? Oh my God, we are blessed. <laughs> I'm telling you, maxed out. I find that whenever I meet a Dutch person when I'm traveling abroad, I immediately get excited because I think there's only been one Dutch person I've met that I haven't liked. And I've met numerous Dutch people. I've never met a Dutchie that I've not liked. Yeah, for the most part, they're awesome people. They're good fun. They've got, you know, like liberal, progressive mindsets. They don't judge you for who you are. It's mm. very cool. Look, I know we're generalizing. You know, every, every community has their, their rotten apples. But for the most part, Dutch people are great. So I, be, I became friends with the group and it was so cool. They just like included me in all of their activities. We went on like oh, a catamaran. Nice. We had a catamaran tour uh, and like a whole afternoon on the catamaran, which was awesome. You know, dropping off at anchor at one of the beaches and just jumping in the water and swimming. And, you know, just went partying with them for that last week. I was so well behaved and sober for the most part for the three months that I was in St. Martin. So it was nice the last week with some people that I actually connected with just to sort of unwind a bit and have, have a good time. And that for me, that just reaffirmed the fact, and I know you've brought this up before in, in some of the conversations that we've recorded, that when you are with the right people, it's a game changer when it comes to the experience of a place. It can shift it all. It can shift it. Yeah, in, in any direction. You know, if you're with the wrong people, it can shift it in a horrible direction. If you're with the right people, it can make an environment so, so enjoyable. And for me, I just realized that once I'd found my people, I was loving life in St. Martin. And I would love to go back with, with some people that I connect with. And it would be an incredible experience. But I think for me, having like being there and the time of my life that I was in dealing with a breakup and wanting to gear up for the next stage of my life and get involved in fitness and, my, and focus on my well-being, I would say the things that I really took away from it was how important it is just to remain true to yourself when you're traveling. Obviously, to be open to meeting new people, that's really important too. But to stay true to yourself and as you were saying earlier, and I completely agree to... Yeah to know what your personal boundaries are and to stick to them no matter what. When I was pretty determined to commit to the sober lifestyle, you know, my colleagues were giving me sideways looks. They were not impressed that I wasn't joining in on them, joining in with them rather on all the fun because I think they were projecting onto me yeah. that they must have felt like I was judging them even though I didn't care what they were doing. The fact that I wasn't a participant I think must have made them feel insecure and made them perhaps, you know, get involved in a certain level of introspection that they didn't want. And so that was then projected onto me, which was fine, whatever. I didn't really mind. But I think no matter what the pressure is, it's imperative that you stay true to who you are and that you stick to your personal boundaries once you've set them. So 
that's basically my time in, in St. Martin. It was really interesting experience, and I'm glad I was there. I could definitely go back, provided I'm with the right people. And if you are listening to this and you are questioning whether to go, if you're looking for a party, definitely go to St. Martin. If you're looking for some beautiful beaches, definitely go to the French side of the island. There are some incredible, incredible beaches. And in fact, the SXM Festival, which happens, I think, the first week of March every year, is said to be one of the most beautiful festivals in the world. Mm. It's like five days, different beaches. Like we've got a villa party. On um, the calendar. Yeah, I, I thought I was going to be there this year, but I, I didn't. I, I wasn't around for that, unfortunately. And, you know, if you're wanting to meet young people that are there for an adventure and a good time, St. Martin's definitely the place for you. Well, that's a wrap for today, everybody. If you enjoyed our conversation, please leave us a five-star review on your preferred streaming platform and drop us a spicy comment. Also, we got you covered with saucy social media content. So check us out on Instagram at The Contrast Podcast and on Twitter at The Contrast Pod 2. That's at The Contrast Pod 2 for all of you little tweeters out there. So get involved, everybody, and spread the word about us. The Contrast Podcast to your friends, family, and colleagues. Share the love, you space cadets. And remember, don't be good when you can be great.